and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's October 14th, 2021, and this is episode 75. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. New in theaters starting this Friday is uh, The Last Duel. This is a historical drama from 20th Century Studios. It's directed by Ridley Scott. And it is a gripping tale of betrayal and vengeance set against the brutality of 14th century France. Uh, This epic explores the ubiquitous power of men, the frailty of justice, and the strength and courage of one woman willing to stand alone in the service of truth. Based on actual events, this film unravels long-held assumptions about France's last sanctioned duel, which took place in the year 1386 uh, between two Frenchmen, uh, and sorry about these pronunciations, <laughs> um, Jean de Carroges and Jacques Legree. Um, these were two friends turned bitter rivals. Uh Jean de Carroges, who in the film is played by Matt Damon, is a respected knight known for his bravery and skill on the battlefield. Uh, and Jacques Legree, who is played in the film by Adam Driver, is a Norman squire whose intelligence and eloquence make him one of the most admired nobles in court. When Carroges' wife, Marguerite, who in the film is played by Jodie Comer, is viciously assaulted by Legree, uh, which is a charge that Legree denies. Uh, Croge's wife refuses refuses to stay silent, and she steps forward to accuse uh, her attacker, which is an act of bravery and defiance that puts her life in jeopardy. And so this ensuing trial by combat, uh, a grueling duel to the death, places the fate of all three in God's hands. Uh, this screenplay is written by Nicole uh, Holofsener, and I'm sorry again about the pronunciation. Um, Also, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon contributed to the screenplay. So that's pretty cool. And Ben Affleck has a supporting role uh, in this film, too. Uh, So they're getting the band uh, back together. Um, Also, this is based on a a, um, novel, uh, again, a historical novel, um, that was published in 2004 by the author Eric Yeager. Uh, I heard an interview uh, earlier this week with director Ridley Scott about this film, and it sounds like this film has a real Rashomon vibe to it. Um, if you're not familiar with with it, Rashomon is 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 a Japanese film from 1950 done by uh, director Akira Kurosawa, and it uses this narrative um, that involves. Uh, the characters that were involved in a particular event, um, all sharing subjective and contradictory versions of this, of this, of this, you know, same event. Uh, it's really a terrific film. If you've never seen it, uh, highly recommended. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see the last duel and, and, uh, will most likely be providing a review in a future podcast. Uh, the last duel is rated R by the motion picture association, for strong violence, including sexual assault, sexual content, some graphic nudity, and language. 
Spotify for reviews this week, uh, finally got to see the 25th uh, James Bond film, uh, No Time to Die. You know, this No Time to Die was supposed to open up in 2020. And then, of course, because of COVID, it, they released it, yeah, kept getting pushed. And then there was also all these rumors that it was just going to go into streaming, et cetera, anyway. It finally opened up in theaters, uh, exclusively in theaters, uh, too, last weekend. And I was so happy to get the chance uh, to see it. Um, I'm going to keep this spoiler-free because uh, there could be really a lot to spoil <laughs> in this film. <laughs> but uh, as you've probably heard, this is this this is officially, uh, I guess, informally or however you want to say it, this is, this is actor Daniel Craig's final... Uh, time playing James Bond, and uh, you know he's made five James Bond films. Uh, the first one being Casino Royale, and then there was Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and now um, No Time to Die. Uh, one thing that's really been interesting about these five Daniel Craig James Bond films is that um, they've had they've had a similar uh, writing team. Uh, some other writers are contributed, but it's mostly Neil Purvis and Robert Wade. And uh, I thought that was a really good move on, on the uh, creative team's part in that um, these films really have a, they're, they're just very connected, connected storylines, connected characters, more so really than any other uh, portrayal of James Bond. I mean, sure, there's been, Recurring, recurring characters and and, and recurring themes in, in some of the various uh, James Bond movies over the years, but also also those really can stand alone. Um, where these these again are 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 really connected. So um, you will probably recognize some of the some of the people uh, in this, but well, just just as a quick summary, um, James Bond has left active service. And and he is uh, hanging out in 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 Jamaica, um, but his peace is short lived when when his CIA buddy uh, Felix Leiter um, shows up asking for help, which uh, leads Bond into this trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. Um, again, that could be most any kind of any Bond film, <laughs> right? And and it does follow a lot of the same tropes of a Bond film, but again, that's, that's one, one of the things to love about it, particularly this one. I thought that, that, uh, um, No Time to Die really played a great homage to, uh, the classic Bond villain in this film. The, the villain is played by, uh, Rami Malek. Uh, he plays a, a dude named, um, Safin who, um, really does have, uh, some dangerous new technology that he's uh, planning to uh, unleash on on uh, the Earth. Uh, he also has, you know, kind of the classic James Bond villainous lair, you know, that's on an island. <laughs> so that part I really, you know, I mean, uh, that part was great too. And lots of homages in the film to uh, everything from just, you know, paintings or different things of, of, of various characters that you'll recognize from the past. And, uh, I like that. They also bring in some of the classic James Bond, um, automobiles. 
they get used, uh, you know, by by Bond and, and by different characters. So anyway, lots lots of Easter eggs and fun things for Bond fans to look at. Um, returning as is is Leia Sedu as 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 Madeline Swan, uh, who's been in in uh, previous films, uh, of course. The 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 office crew is back with led by Ralph, uh, or excuse me, Ray Fines as M. Uh, Naomi Harris is back as Money Penny. Uh, ben Wishaw is back as Q. Um, as I already mentioned, Felix Leiter, the CIA agent, is is back, uh, played again by Jeffrey Wright. Um, Christoph Waltz shows up as Blofeld. You know, again, is just a big bad in the James Bond in the James Bond world. Um, so the cast is great. Also, there's, there's a, a couple of new additions to the cast. LaShawnya Lynch plays, uh, a double O agent, which will, I'll let you discover more about that in the film. Um, also Daniel Craig and, and, uh, Anna de Armas, uh, she was in, uh, Knives Out, the film Knives Out. They have kind of a fun, uh, reunion. She's playing, she plays a different character. She kind of, she's playing, what I just like to call kind of like a classic Bond girl, um, you know, um, a pretty girl who can, in this case, she's a pretty girl who can really kick butt. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, I, uh, I really liked No Time to Die. Director Carrie uh, Joji Fukunaga, who's an American director, uh, did just did a bang up job with it. It's, it's, uh, you know, of course, action packed like we'd expect. Very compelling, beautifully directed, beautifully edited, great acting. Uh, I think it, probably the if I were to have a complaint, uh, is that the is the length of the film. It's 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 really it's almost three hours. It's um, and of course they've got to bring a lot of stuff to conclusion. So so I'll give them that because uh, they you know they wrap it up. They wrap up this Daniel Craig storyline. So, uh, so there's that going on, but, uh, I thought it it was, it was, it was a bit, um, a bit long, although I never got bored and, uh, uh, again, just terrific action scene scenes and, uh, really well put together. And, you know, Daniel Craig just was a really good James Bond. Um, I mean, it'll be very interesting to see what, I guess, you know, the one spoiler alert, I will say, which is a classic thing that they put at the end of the credits of of James Bond films, is that James Bond will return, and and it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, how the creative team decides to uh, do that. So, anyway, no time to die now playing in theaters. Uh, definitely recommended if if you like if you like that sort of thing, and I hope you can go have uh, have a good time at the movies. you've been following me on instagram i'm at movies pap as in past and present where i've been counting down to walt disney animation studios 60th animated feature which is going to be opening up next month it's called encanto 
So 60 days before the opening date of Encanto, which is November 24th, I started uh, doing a once a day post uh, featuring in chronological order each of these 59 films from Walt Disney Animation Studios. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. And uh, I hope you'll tune in again if you're interested in that sort of in that sort of thing. But I had the distinct pleasure this uh, last week of interviewing uh, historian and author Mindy Johnson. And um, Mindy Johnson is is a uh, an expert in in um, women's role in animation and in film history. Uh, in nine, excuse me, in 2017, she published just this epic work called Ink and Paint, uh, the woman of Disney's animation. And uh, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic book. I mean, not only is it a wonderful book about uh, the history of, of Disney animation, which is something I'm very interested in, but she also, though, highlights uh, the women that worked at the studio. You know, basically... Um, women did all of the 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 tasks which were called inking and painting of the animation cells. So the animators, which were mostly male, uh, did did all the animated drawings, and then they would be sent over to this ink and paint department, as it was called. And uh, literally, they would women would trace the drawings. You know, again, using some kind of a black paint, and then uh, all of the colors would get added by by these uh, by these various teams. So uh, fascinating history, and and uh, uh, she's she's just doing lots of interesting work in this uh, field of of animation and film history. So she Mindy is doing a really cool uh, presentation. Uh, this upcoming Sunday, October 17th, in New York City, uh, in association with uh, Film Forum. And she's going to be uh, showing, screening some Disney vintage Disney cartoons uh, and talking about, uh, you know, again, uh, the, the importance of, of, of the woman at Disney Animation and, and uh, just the, the amazing work that they all collectively did. So um, anyway, I had a kind of a nerd moment <laughs> talking to Mindy about uh, both her work and then this, this, this presentation. I will have links about this presentation on Sunday, October 17th. Um, you know, you, you need to pay to go and, and at Film Forum, uh, you also will be required to provide proof of vaccination for entry to the theater. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, and you can go to filmform.org, but I, again, I'll have links to this specific page on uh, on uh, my uh, on the podcast notes on my blog. Anyway, here's here's my interview with Mindy Johnson. Honestly, it, it's really it's it's an honor to meet you, Mindy. I'm I, I am I am a, a a huge admirer of your work. I have I've seen you at D twenty three events. I'm a big Disney uh, person fan, and. Uh, also at the Turner Classic Movies Classic Film Festival, if I'm oh. not mistaken, you you uh, were uh, with a did a panel there yeah. uh, with for a screening. 
Uh, the Sleeping Beauty pill? Yes. Oh, the, oh yeah, that was I think great. he was Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Yeah, with Floyd and Jane. and Yes. And <laughs> what a great way to see that film with oh. a black audience. And we had uh, people, there were people in there who had never seen it before. I mean, Mindy. Can you imagine <laughs> having never seen Sleeping Beauty? And, and, and then getting to see it on the big screen. Right, and with couple of the original artists there and those images that i was able to share were oh seen before they were phenomenal yeah it was that was i i think i just had to keep pinching myself mindy like i can't (laughs) believe i'm actually getting to see this because sleeping beauty is one of my favorite uh, yeah films i mean just as far as the artistry and and I, and I honestly, your, your book, um, you can paint the woman of Walt Disney animation. I, 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 I own it. I think it's, uh, it's just a tremendous work, Mindy. Honestly, I'm really, I'm in awe of your research and, and, uh, there's a lot more ahead. Oh my goodness. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I know we need to talk about this film form event, but maybe we can talk about that first. And then if you're, I'd love to hear more about, yeah, what you're working on and what you're, you know, what you can share. Yeah, yeah, there are a few things I gotta keep. <laughs> keep, keep that quiet. Keep on the DL. <laughs> uh, this film form event sounds wonderful. Happening next weekend, right? I'm so excited about this. Um, we, you know, been trying to get. If you've had the chance to hear me, obviously you've traveled probably to the different locales. And, yes. Um, New York has been a not. It's been a, sort of the one place I need to get to, to get this, to share the right. news of, of all these discoveries and COVID had a hand oh. delaying a few Put things. Put it everything. But, yeah. Delayed everything. Yeah. But I'm uh, just so elated. Bruce and his entire team at the film forum have just been great. And uh, so we're finally going to make this happen, which is exciting. And, um, and with the, you know, the little treasure of pe- uh, pencils, pens and brushes. Um, yes. It, you know, we just, it, unfortunately, COVID kind of took a toll on, on getting word out about this. One. Yeah. Cause just yeah, the momentum, right. It probably just kind of stopped a lot of. Yeah. 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 I had last year I was scheduled to be everywhere. I believe it. Yeah. Stopped, so, and I can't really do too much online with it. So right. really there's a bigger impact as you know, being in person. So. Yes. Um, but it's such a little treasure. It goes beyond ink and paint. It's not a junior version by any means. It, I just had so much, and I still have so much information beyond as, as tiny as ink and paint is. <laughs> tiny film. I know. It has its own shelf in my, in my home, Mindy. I'm just saying. <laughs> and it's a good upper body workout, too. Like, off the shelf. But, you know, that book, I... In working on ink and paint, I, I, you may have heard me say, I got about six or eight months into the research and I called my editor in a panic and said, it can't be a small book. This is epic. And women were everywhere. And, and we have to, we thought it was going to be about the size of my Tinkerbell book. And I just said, no, this is, nobody's covered this. This is the other half of our experience and our history, and yet there's nothing on what these women did, and we have to get this done and done right. And even in the size of that volume, uh, it still is just scratching the surface, just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. I 
really, you know, kept going more. I need more. I need another. And my editor's like, Mindy, it's, it's unwieldy already. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and to her, you know, I, I'm so grateful. She was so spectacular about what I said, look, it has to be much bigger. She said, okay, we'll, we'll up your page count and trim size. And didn't bat an eyelash just said great we'll we'll do that so she was a real champion about this um uh she was very understanding when i had to sort of plead my case and educate about because no one knew or had a sense of what women were doing and just how epic their work is still to this day and how we it had been so overlooked because it's so complex mm -hmm. and so remarkable. Um, but with all these this extra work, and then the work that these women did even beyond their time in animation. I mean, we have civil rights pioneers and uh, social change agents. Yes. And, uh, you know, record-breaking pilots. And, mm -hmm. and, oh, and they all worked in animation. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, by the way, they yeah. worked on some of the greatest films, you know. <laughs> Exactly. And yet nobody knew any of this. So I wanted, and I also was challenging to see little ones uh, struggling with that giant book. <laughs> it was important that they had it, but I thought, no, there's, there's got to be a way to fuse all of this together and, and get little ones very excited, young girls and boys excited about where um, women's contributions have been. So... Well, kudos to you again. It's just is marvelous work. I, uh, I think your your uh, pencils, pen, and brushes book is particularly charming, and with with the illustrations by Lorelei Bove because I love her work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she was. I had a very short list. <laughs> and she was at the top. She was at the bottom. She was the list. She was the list. And yes, she, it was such a joy to work with her and. She's such a talent. She's kind of our Mary Blair of today. Oh, and, she is. Um, you know, so much so that, but yet she has her own distinct quality to her work. And and what I love about each of the images in here, they're just delicious. You just want to dive in. But um, she she has a way of capturing the essence of these women. You know, it's not an exact rendering, but yet it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She, she's just nailed it and all i had to do was tell a few stories about them show her a few photos and what you know explain what made them so special and she got it she just got it and you know she really did well, i mean of course you both did how, how did how, how did that collaboration work were you were you in the same room together oh. uh, you know or, or, or i mean because also how do you choose Right? For, what stories do you well, choose? That it was. It was a bit of a, you know, gems from jewels. I, I yes. have three other books I'd like to be doing because um, there are so many incredible women that, and their stories, their backstories, and, and who they are as people. But uh, I started working. I thought, well, let me narrow this down. If I can do more volumes, that'd be great. Uh, but let me start by some of our earliest key women. And then we could perhaps move to pencils, paint, and pixels. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> move to the advent of digital. We have incredible women there and men. You know, I've also 
want to explore some of our early uh, great talent uh, of all genders and hair colors and shoe sizes. Yes. So uh, we'll see. But first of all, we got to get the world on balance a little more. Right. Um, right. This was a great sort of dipping our toe into it and seeing where, you know, what we could do. And it was just such a labor of love for everybody um, from our layout and, and all the production teams. And it was an all female production. Hey, very proud of that. Even better. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. Well, I got to tell you, you know, when I was, I, I, I was reviewing Ink and Paint again this week, you know, in preparation for our discussion. And I was just reminded when I came to the near the end where there's just all those photographs and it's almost like a yearbook. I mean, I got emotional. I, I, I yeah. think uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing just to think about, uh, you know, of course, all the people that have worked, worked on these films that we love so much, but, but, you know, this focus on the women uh, is well, just that so important. Was another tough, it, that gallery section was very tough. To yeah, I can imagine that was difficult. I have another, you know, 150 or more women yes. that are now ID'd. We're getting more and more women ID'd. Okay. Um, so it had to be winnowed down. I needed to make choices as far as like, well, if they're pictured in the book in another place, then let me bring more women in that we have. I, I re it felt it was important. Um, and we could have gone smaller, but then they would have been like postage stamp size. Yeah, right. I thought I thought the choices you made were you know were excellent as far as just you know the size and Thank yeah, you. it was yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And and that was important. I mean, in shaping that volume, I wanted to ensure that I knew it needed to be nuts and bolts. I knew it needed to be. I I wanted as much visual. I I write actually very visually. Mm -hmm get in what leads me in my research is the visuals and that helps me to sort of plot and shape and I designed the book to be more of a magazine read yes because of its size it is daunting seemingly daunting but you can literally pick it up flip open to a oh. page read a few sections and you've already expanded your world in ways you hadn't before and and get a good huge not even beyond a morsel you're you're getting a, a a feast there i mean how often in life do you get your expectations exceeded right I know. <laughs> so it was important to to make it accessible and enjoyable and and worthwhile um and and as a i wanted it to be a constant resource that people dive into again and again and again a constant book on on your shelf well, as I said, I, you know, I'm a fan. I love it. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful book. Now, I, uh, the information I received from Film Forum, Mindy, was talking about the three, the three shorts specifically that you'll be screening. Yes. And uh, tell us a little bit about the, you know, the choice, you know, these choices and, and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, we knew with, you know, having me there and speaking and, and a lot of what I can impart about these women that sharing a feature film was going to be an all day experience. Right. Um, and these wonderful, the early silly symphonies just are such treasures. We don't get to see them in full form as much. You can YouTube them. What's, you know, but you I know I'm so jealous. You to see these on the big screen. Yeah. And what's really remarkable, we, you know, I, there's a long list, obviously, of great 
films sure. to choose from. But um, these films were, are really key in that um, Flowers and Trees is, of course, the first three-strip Technicolor animation out of Disney that wins the Academy Award. And not so much for the animation. It's really for the advent of color. And that's where the women come in. They were working with 80 shades of color, a paint that you'd pick up at the local hardware store that you'd use to paint your bedroom or a barn. And they, uh, it was Hazel Sewell and her teams that had, they had to feel their way because it had never really been done before. You had the two-strip Technicolor approach, but that ran to a lot of greens and reds to mm -hmm. give you a believable flesh tone for live action. Didn't really lend itself too well for animation. There were every other studio, even a Bywork studio at the time, was locked into that two-strip approach. Walt waited for that. He he didn't like it. It wasn't conveying things on as wide a range as he could even with the black, white, and three or four shades of gray on the uh, short. So he waited before stepping into color until he saw the three-strip Technicolor approach and said, that's, uh, we'll, we'll do this. And once it worked, they literally put production aside with flowers and trees. And there are a few other little surprises. You'll have to come and find out about how that came together. But <laughs> it became a landmark film. And really the animation, if you look at what precedes it, isn't all that new or different. It's the color, the advent of color. And that was an entirely all-female team that put that together and, and had to push and explore and trial and error to convey this world of, of flowers and trees. Yes, we have lovely anthropomorphized trees and um, just wonderful little adventures with these characters are very charming and cleverly portrayed, but it really was the push of color. And that transformed, uh, it gave Disney a tremendous edge. He locked up the technology for three strips so that they had exclusive uh, use for, of that technology for two years so they could get ahead of the competition. And then by the time you get to the old mill, which is uh, one of my most favorite of the Silly Symphonies, visually, it's stunning. It's a tone poem. It's, yes. it's really a visual, little visual story, nothing epic or too humorous, it's very charming. But it was an experiment to see where they could reach in terms of color and tone. And when you go from Flowers and Trees in 1932 to The Old Mill in 1937, spring of 37, it was a pivotal film. Uh, legendary animators Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston said in Illusion of Life, we didn't think we could do a feature length animated film until we saw what the women accomplished with color in the old mill. Mm -hmm. Now it's often credited because of the multi-plane technology. Right. But the color, the impact of color and this sort of Rembrandt-esque quality, it's so subtle and we don't even recognize it or, or you know, the, the color shifts as dawn is breaking on the, on the mill uh, and the, story of the what occurs in there unfolds um, but the lighting shifts everything that's all done through color it's not casting lights on it necessarily it's all done with color so it's masterful work and it was done uh, by artists all women artists who had developed at that point and you'll 
meet who that artist was who started, the original Disney Paint Labs, they were the only studio to have their own paint lab creating their own paints exclusively for cell animation. So that was another advent that set them apart from any other studio at the time. And again, it was a woman at the head of that. You know, isn't that wonderful? And thanks for the, the additional explanation. And again, the lucky people that get to hear this, yeah. get to hear your presentation, uh, <laughs> see and it. Then, of course, the third piece, uh, Once Upon a Winter Time, we're going to look, of course, at the great Mary Blair. And it's one of the quintessential examples. Walt was always frustrated. He loved her style and her use of color and wanted to be able to convey that into animation. And many feel this really is the closest example of her work, you know, her style. On yes. Just to clarify, Mindy, this is the same short that was included in yes. uh, Melody Time, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, what was Mary Blair's specific involvement i mean because you see it and again as an animation fan that i am i mean you, it, it just has mary blair written all over it as far as just you know the color and the character design and whatnot but what specifically if you yeah what what can you share about about that, that with us well it's it's a unique film in that it was part of the anthology series of films uh that kept the studio going at a rather challenging time period coming out of World War II. Yeah. Um, and Mary was really in prominence at that point at the studio. She was do working on a lot of the South American films. And this was sort of a little offshoot. Um, they were experimenting, trying to get her sense of style on screen. And um, you'll see, you know, I've got a few of the conceptual pieces that'll be oh, showing. cool <laughs> um, but you'll see how that translates and you'll get a sense of her style and we see the beginnings of her great sort of mid-century sensibilities yes uh, i think a lot of people sort of mistake her for oh she was influenced no she led that mid-century you gonna say wasn't she yeah like the trailblazer on, on that style yeah and a lot of people misinterpret that um no she really was a pioneer and uh, is also exploring, uh, she was a part of the uh, watercolorist uh, society here in California. Um, she was just groundbreaking in so many ways. Uh, this is also one of the sort of bridge pieces that get us to Cinderella and her great work there. Oh yeah. She really was a secret weapon to help the studio get back on track, get over the top, uh, which opened up then sort of the silver era of animation and bringing us cinderella and alice in wonderland and peter pan and oh conceptual designs yeah <laughs> from the, the 50s oh, you yeah you just want to bury yourself in them they're just delicious and, yes yeah uh what any other things you want to talk about your presentation any other little well, you're uh you're going to be getting a whole smattering of things you're going to meet some incredible uh ladies from the earliest years of disney a few little surprises as far as you know who these women were and what they accomplished but um it'll be smatterings you'll see uh short segments from snow white and fantasia and pinocchio and um just little elements along the way that help enhance their stories but we will get to see these wonderful short 
films in their entirety, which again is really rare to see on the big screen. Wow, it just sounds like it's just going to be wonderful. Yeah, exciting. wonderful. Oh my and goodness! Of course, you can get there'll be copies of pencils, pens, and brushes on hand, so I'll be there to sign. Or if you have your copies already or ink and paint, bring them in. I know. I, know. I want to bring you my copy of ink and paint. Uh, yeah. I've, had, I've had folks, and that's why I would see all ages carrying that book. And yeah. Why I know that's a commitment. <laughs> Speaking of commitment books, Mindy, I also in reading your, you know, your, your bio that you can, and I've, and I've, I've read much of it, the, the, uh, uh, Walt Disney film archives, yes. uh, from, 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 uh, uh, from Tash and, uh, holy smokes, that book is so heavy, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but it's worth it. Pain is nothing. It's a pain, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, that's such a remarkable book. Uh, yeah. what was your experience working, like, you know, working on that? project well, i was in the midst of uh working i think on i i'd completed or was we were still in uh, production on ink and paint i think i may have been in layout at the time and i got the call um and because of my work uh the tinkerbell volume that little treasure uh yes kind of is the most that's been written about the peter pan era and a lot of the research I did into that book unearthed, you know, some of those great, brilliant David Hall images at, of Tinkerbell and mm -hmm. Peter Pan, his early explorations of Peter Pan. He had done incredible in-depth work on Alice in Wonderland in the 1930s, but then also in his short tenure at Disney, he also did a lot of work on Peter Pan. Yes. Um, so it was a wonderful opportunity to do a deep dive in that into that film. And uh, so I, they reached out to me and said, you know, look, we need someone to write the, um, the Peter Pan content. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, oh, and magically, uh, Cinderella needed to happen. And oh, yeah. I, uh, for a number of years, I used to run the classic, I ran the global publicity for the classic animated titles at Disney. Okay. Sort of where I got a lot of my expertise working with a lot of the talent um, and going a lot of the artwork, you know, going to the artwork to find my, you know, shape my campaign yes. and introduce these wonderful, brilliant pieces to new generations. Um, and I got to write on virtually every film and work on mounting campaigns on a global basis for every film. Except the way things cycled, I never got to work on Cinderella, which is one of, well, many favorites. Yes. And so the opportunity to do a deeper dive into Cinderella, and of course, with all that great Mary Blair work, absolutely. So uh, it was a real joy. Um, a crunch, a little bit of a crunch, because yes. I was on deadline for a few other projects, but um, very delighted about it and thrilled that it also, both those pieces made it into the sort of the condensed version as well, which is a little more manageable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need a forklift to move. Right. <laughs> I always suggest to lay that out on a table and yes. 
Dive in. Exactly. No, and 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 you'll be well rewarded because it's marvelous, you know. Oh, yeah, just again, really great, really rare, never before seen artwork. We yes, you'd think with all this great stuff out there that oh yeah, been there, done that. No, there are new discoveries happening all the time. So uh, yeah, what's what's in the hopper, Mindy? What 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 uh-huh. what are the projects you can uh-huh. talk about? You know that you're uh, that you're right. working on. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, as a result of a campaign, of course, what's been really great is now that it's out there, um, more families have come forward, more uh, people have come forward. Uh, you can find me on the internet. People are coming to, when you when I am able to be out speaking, are coming to find me. And uh, so I'm, I'm unearthing more collections, more discoveries. Uh, in fact, just wrapped out um, uh, going through the collection of a, uh, an artist who worked at Disney in the 30s and worked at many other studios. So her collection is really remarkable. Uh, but as a result of ink and paint and my continued work, I thought, okay, I need a breather, which is why pencils, pens, and brushes. Yes. Long. My editor asked right away, okay, what's next? And I said, something very light and fluffy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the perfect, I yes. I my brain a little bit. Oh, my goodness. And Seriously. So it was great fun. I think that's why I actually got a little more emotionally connected to this volume and, and actually wept when I held pencils, pens, and yeah. the first time because it was just such a delight, just a delight to do. Um, but... Uh, as a result, wonderfully and thankfully, um, I received a really incredible award from the Academy of Motion Picture. Yes. Congratulations yeah. for that. That's that's marvelous. It was yeah. the 2019 Film Scholar Award. Is am I am I yeah. correct? Okay. Yeah. I mean, what a marvelous and well deserved honor, Mindy. Seriously. Thank you. Well, and with that little honor comes a little more obligation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a more work. Thank you. <laughs> but no, they, they've been just spectacular. And um, so now I am charged with going way beyond Disney. As you see in Ink and Paint, it does go beyond Disney because yes. it just was an inherent part of the process. And I had to convince my editor there to say, look, you know, we it helps us to understand where these women's work stood in a larger context um i in contextualizing whatever you're doing i think is vital and uh, so it was important i knew it was inevitable but this really ensured that i continued doing this yes and so now um uh COVID has been a little bit of a you know you 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 work with what you make lemonade out of lemons silver lining <laughs> and uh so i've had ta- some time i've been very very busy uh doing a lot of teaching had to convert a lot of <clears throat> my lectures into online contexts and okay so a lot going on there but um i've also been able to sort of just lock down and do some further digging and i'm now working on a series of books and some documentary efforts potentially on uh, women everywhere in animation and early, uh, even going into vaudeville and um, early lecture circuit, pre-cinema, pre-animation, where women were involved. And it is game-changing. It oh, will, just as ink and paint shifted things for the industry, 
this is going to change it completely. It's it's a, a deep dive into, again, the other wider half of our collected animated experience. And uh, yeah, game changing. I've got women animators much earlier than anyone ever thought. I've got women directing very early on. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Pretty epic. Oh, that sounds. It's it's gonna be like three volumes. I was gonna say, <laughs> multi volumes clearly and wonderful. You know, as you said, maybe you know documentary and all sorts of different things, right? That where this where this could lead. Well, how exciting! I and mean, that's gonna be. There's a lot ahead, so stay tuned. And uh, as I'm, I'm hoping to kind of corral things to a point so I can be. Uh, but but there still are a lot of discoveries to be made, and as soon as I get hooked on a uh, a new discovery, I you know it's, it, I've got to do some traveling for my research, so it's been a little curtailed in some. Yes, um, excited to to finally be getting out and uh, getting getting the word spread a little lighter. Oh, absolutely, and and uh, well, we just wish you the best with all of these upcoming projects i hope that your presentation next week in new york is a huge success i guess i'm just jealous again i can't i can't be there <laughs> well, hopefully like i said the first of many um and i i've been you want to get this out to as many places as possible yes we need this we need to know the the roles these women have had, it's, uh, as you know, we have more women studying animation today than ever. Yes. More women than men studying animation, but we still have to get the industry in a better place of balance. And uh, this is an important part of making that happen. As soon as our young women and men learn that women have always been there, and we have a more balanced approach to our past, we can balance out the future. Many thanks again to Mindy Johnson for taking the time to talk with me. And uh, again, if you're in New York City, go see Mindy uh, uh, present at Film Forum this Sunday, October 17th. It's at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, her presentation is called Pencils, Pens, and Brushes. And also, uh, I'll have links to uh, both the Pencil, Pens, and Brushes book and her wonderful ink and paint book uh, and the podcast notes on my blog, as well as, again, links to this film forum talk uh, happening this Sunday. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, handle is movies at, excuse me, at moviespap. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth. Oh, 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 oh